Hey friends, welcome back to the Uncommodified Podcast. This episode is the 10th in a 14-part series that we embarked on a long time ago, and I'll explain why I took a hiatus in a second, but we embarked on this series a while ago, unpacking 13 characteristics, 13 actions, 13 passions of people that I called unending legacy leavers. The uncommodified, the unenders, who even though they're gone from my life now, they're still with me, alive with me really, and many others. So why the big break? Well, first of all, I struggled to find the language I wanted to articulate my thoughts on this particular episode, and I didn't want to just half-ass it, so I put it down, and I put it down for many months and let it percolate in my mind and heart so I could come back with a clear understanding and articulation of what I wanted to say on this particular characteristic. I also took some time to focus on a book that I'm writing. So that hiatus has helped me in that area, but it's also helped me clarify some of my thoughts around this particular characteristic. So. Even though I'm ready to share, it's still a bit of meandering. It's still a bit of a wandering journey for me on this particular subject. So I'm going to invite you to come on a sort of meandering walk with me today through this particular idea. The unenders are unenders for me because they were carvers. This is the next characteristic. They were carvers. And if you and I can become carvers now, provocative and positive sculptors, etchers, engravers, inscribers, carvers in heads and on hearts, we can and we will become unending legacy leavers, unenders in the lives of many people we encounter in this life. Unenders are carvers. That's what we want to explore. They carve on lots of different things with lots of different tools. So here's the areas we're going to focus on. Why do they carve? Where do they carve? Who do they carve? What do they carve on? And what do they carve with? This is what I want to explore. So let's start here. They carve in heads and on hearts. They they carve in your intellect, in your mind, memories and ideas, maybe even ideologies. They carve them deep so you remember them even when they're gone. But they also, and maybe more impactful, they carve on your heart. And that emotional carving that they do in you and on you stays with you for a lifetime and then beyond when they're not here. In fact, I think that the intellectual carving they do is enabled and empowered by the emotional carving that they do. And that's what we tend to tug on when they're gone, when they're dead. I think that's one of the secret sort of connection here, alchemies that dances together. They carve their name on your hearts, not on tombstones. As the author and therapist Shannon Alder said, a legacy is etched into the minds of others and the stories they share about you. And so my legacy leavers, my unending carvers, have carved on my heart in a significant way, and they've left a memory. Now, when I also think about this carving, I think of the fact that they carved on trees. Think of it like them carving on a tree in your life. They carve on the living moments of our lives that provide shade and beauty for generations to come. So they carve on your head and your heart, but they carve in the forest of our lives, they carve on trees. Remember when you were a kid and you etched your name into a tree? Tim was here. Bob was here. Mary was here. There's something about impregnating that moment of impact and of being present in that moment that was put into that tree. And that's what carvers do. They etch the experience of the present moment that they had or you shared with them in your life in a way you can never forget it. They carve in caves, not just in trees, but they carve in caves. And for me, what I think about when I think about this idea is They carved on the areas of my life that were yet unexplored and maybe even a little bit dark and difficult and even dangerous, those caves, those difficult moments. 
And so as they impacted me and they carved on me in those moments of darkness, maybe those shine the brightest because it's in those moments where I realized that their impact on my life was the most profound. As Elizabeth Kubler-Ross says, the Swiss-born psychiatrist, should you shield the canyons from the windstorms, you would never see the true beauty of their carvings. It's in those windstorms of our life, when those unender carvers are with us, that they help us understand how to process those problems, those difficulties, and it has an impact beyond our physical life, our physical experience with them. They carve with a care and precision, with a love and passion, not wild slashes with a hatchet or a machete, not with anger or malice. They do it with intentionality and skill. They also carve in the sense of a scientific way, if we think of carving, they dissect. They dissect things so that we can examine them and understand them. If you think of the word dissect from a scientific perspective, it's severing something into smaller parts for scientific examination to analyze and interpret it. And I know for me that one of the lasting legacies that I can see that people have left in my life is their ability to dissect situations and problems and help me dissect a decision and make it well. I can remember as a kid many times going to my papa and asking for advice and him dissecting that moment with me, that situation, that problem, that opportunity with cunning questions. And we'll talk about that because it's one of the tools of the carver for sure. This idea of carving also tucks into the area of being like a sculptor or an engraver, and they engrave on themselves and others. They carve into stone the hard and harsh parts of our lives and of ourselves because they know, like Michelangelo did, that every block of stone has a statue inside of it. It is the task of the sculpture to discover it. I was recently reading some things about Michelangelo, thinking about his life, and I came across an interesting quote about his process, and I'd like to share it with you. Here's what he said about his process. He said, in the block of marble, he would go to the quarry and find a block of marble. In the block of marble, he said, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. I have only to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to other eyes than mine as I see it. The idea is there locked inside, he said. He's famously quoted as saying, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. All you have to do is remove the excess stone. And I would suggest that that's just one of the things that have been so impacted in my life by my carvers, my legacy leaving carvers, is they have removed pieces of excess stone from my life that I didn't need. They've taken behaviors, actions, attitudes that I didn't need anymore, that weren't serving me well, and they helped identify them and helped me to chip them off. When you think about this, if you've got a chip on your shoulder, you can't see it, but the sculptor can. And maybe that chip's got to go so that we can be more functional, more whole in our lives. So think about it. They sculpt, they engrave, they inscribe, they put their signature on your life. Werner was here, that's my papa's name, and still is. Jesse, that's my mom's name, was here and still is. Norm was here and still is. One of my most powerful mentors who mentored me in my ideas around generosity and living generously and helping others. They understand, these carvers, they understand that you need to be willing also to carve sometimes in the sand. Like when you're on a trip to the beach, you carve in those fleeting moments that come 
and go, but they still last in memories. And even though that sand sculpture can't be seen anymore, the engraving you did by the ocean gets washed away. It's impregnated in your mind. It's a powerful, powerful image and idea. They also cover a path. They cover a path for water to flow. Refreshing, life-giving water, plant-growing water. They carve irrigation ditches that bring refreshing newness to the deserts where dreams go to die. They, they have an ability to carve deep wells and deep channels that bring life-giving water to you. This is another thing I've noticed about my carvers. They've brought me sustaining rivers of life that have sustained me for years. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a thought. Maybe it's an inspiration. Maybe it was a book. But that book became a conduit of fresh water for my life. They carve a path, not only for water, but for people to walk on. You don't just discover your path in life. Sometimes you got to carve it out of the rocks around you. And my unending carver legacy levers have helped me carve a path out of my past and into my future, out of poverty and into plenty, frankly. Not plenty for myself only, but plenty for others. That's their power. Now, these are all sort of theoretical things, but here's the question. How do they do it? And with what do they do it? What are their tools? What are the tools of the carver? Number one, their ability to cut through your bullshit. Your facade of stone or hardened wood is powerful. Their ability to cut through your bullshit, that's one of the tools they use. When you're bullshitting them, when you're lying through your teeth, when you're trying to fake it, when you got a facade on, they're with care and compassion able to get beyond that bullshit, get beyond that facade to the real conversation that has to happen with you. They want you to live in truthful honesty about who you are, where you are, where you're going, and they won't allow you to smother it up. So the ability to smell out bullshit and to clean it off and get it out of the way is one of the tools they use. Secondly, one of the tools that a carver uses to carve in our lives is candid and clear communication. Their ability to speak and be respectfully, unusually truthful and unusually honest can cut you to the core. It's that clear, candid communication. You're never left wondering exactly what they're trying to say to you. And they use their words to carve a path in you they use their words to carve a piece off of you that you might not need. The third tool that a carver uses is their ability to ask provocative, penetrating, and piercing questions. They understand that questions are like a massive chisel that causes us to cut through and find the truth. It's not always about the answers. The powerful tool of the carver is the question. The question that forms a container for the conversation that you have with them. And that question guides you to a point of actually being able to take up the chisel yourself and chisel off that which you don't need in any given situation. Another tool a carver uses is their humor. Not sarcasm, but their humor that subtly comes and it, it makes you laugh, but underneath the laughter, something wounds you deep enough to heal you. It's an amazing gift that they have. And so I can remember gut laughing at times with some of my friends and realizing that within that gut laughing, they were actually addressing major questions or concerns in my life, but doing it in a way that I could just dial down my angst, dial down my desire to, to be defensive, and that humor just got below it. Another tool of the carver is their ability to build deep relationships that pull you close enough 
where they can work the stone. Their ability to build trusting relationships pulls you close enough that they can, with kindness, encourage you to carve a new path, to carve a piece off, or to carve your name in the tree that you're sitting under with them. Another tool that the carver has is their uncommodified, their unique actions that leave a mark and cut you to a core. The, the unique things they do, their ability to stand out in the crowded world around them is so powerfully provocative, it's inspirational. And what it does is it carves some pathway that awakens your desire to want to be unique and stand out and not just commodify yourself and fall in line. And lastly, the tool that I think that Carver has, their seemingly magic ability to have the most difficult conversation with you and others that carves an opening in your soul for change. In your soul for change. The ability to have that amazing, difficult conversation. And their ability to be creative memory makers that leave a mark in your life. It's an amazing, powerful gift that they bring to us. Unending Carvers ultimately and intimately know that the wood they carve in and on is bent and maybe even broken to begin with, as most of us are, we're, we're bent and broken. Therefore, nothing completely, of course, at the end can be carved straight in our lives, fully straight. And they don't allow that to discourage them or us because we're still going to have a little bit of bend in the wood, a little bit of imperfection in the stone. The twists and turns of that wood may be diminished, but they'll never be eliminated in the carving. The unending carver knows this well. They've been whittling away at themselves for years and will encourage and invite you to do the same. They'll help you sharpen the blade and maybe even suggest where you should start to work on to remove that which is not required and is not materially part of who you are or who you're becoming. So here's my unending challenge for you this week. Firstly, connect by email or text or telephone or by memory of your carver if they're already gone. If they're a living carver in your life, connect with them physically. If they're already dead and gone, connect with them emotionally and in your mind. Think of and thank them for the impressions they've made, marks they've left on you, and the ways in which they have and maybe still are helping you whittle away at yourself. How they will help you sharpen the blade and the suggestions that they'll make with compassion and urgency of where you should work on your stone or your wood to take away that which you do not need. Think of them and thank them for their ability to cut through the bullshit in your life, the facade of stone or wood. Thank them for the candid and clear communication, their ability to speak and be respectfully truthful and honest, to cut you to the core, their ability to ask provocative, penetrating questions, their ability to use that humor to get below your defensiveness so that you can be carved by the experience. Their ability to build deep relationship with you, their uncommodified actions, their magic ability to have that difficult conversation, and their creative memory-making ability that's left an amazing mark in your life. Please, if your carver is still alive today, if someone who's made an impression on you carved you deeply in a positive way, reach out to them and thank them for doing that and the potential that that will be something that will impact you beyond their natural life. And the second challenge that I have for you is become a carver. Go out and get your knife, get out the tools of a carver and find someone around you who needs a fresh invitation, fresh instructions, new insights, and carve something in their heads, 
and on their heart to inspire them to see as you see in their block of marble a statue as plain as though it stood before them, shaped and perfect in attitude and action, as Michelangelo said, and encourage and equip them to hew away the rough walls that imprison that lovely apparition of who they can be, to reveal it to their eyes. As you already see it, because sometimes you see in somebody what they don't see. Implore them to remove the excess stone. Help them see the angel within them, their angel in the marble, and carve until they set it free. Remember, they are unenders in my life because they were and are carvers. And if you and I can become carvers now, provocative and positive sculptors, etchers, engravers, inscribers, carvers in heads and on hearts, we can and will become unending legacy leavers, unenders in the lives of many people we encounter in this life. Thanks for listening and never forget, you're not getting out of here alive, but your reputation and your impact will outlive you. Have an excellent day. Thanks for listening in today. If you have not subscribed to the Uncommodified podcast yet, do it today. Do it right now. And please rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen on. That would be so helpful to help us spread the word. Now it's time to own what you heard today. Get it out of your head and activate it in your life. And when you do, tell me how you are uncommodifying yourself and standing out for all the right reasons in a very crowded world.